0: but why though the podcast we talk about the things in pop culture that matter and ask the question but why though today's episode is all about moon prism power moon tiara magic and a little bit of jupiter thunderclash that's right it is sailor moon day here but why though the podcast and as always i'm your host kate and i'm here with adrian
1: hey how's it going and matt how you doing
0: So, I want to jump right into it, because I'm pretty hyped right now. Um, What do you guys know about Sailor Moon?
2: Well, I don't know much about Sailor Moon. I've seen about three episodes, maybe about 20 years ago, when they first, I guess, came to the U.S. I know there's a bunch of girls from Japan that (laughs) saved the world and fight crime. (laughs) (laughs) I'm pretty much going to be the Chuck Nice of this episode, for those of you who don't know who Chuck Nice is. He basically a comedian who stars with Neil deGrasse Tyson on Star Talk.
0: And just interjects every now and then? Yes. <laughs>
2: not a physicist or a scientist
0: and or a sailor
1: moonist.
2: Too. Yeah, pretty much.
0: So, what about you, Adrian? Uh,
1: so, for those who listened to the Dragon Ball Z episode, uh, Toonami basically ran my evenings for most of my adolescence. So I've seen a few episodes now and again. Um, It wasn't something that I was super into just because, I mean, I just wasn't really the demographic for it. Uh, But I do know like the premise of the show, you know, my significant other Stefani loves Sailor Moon. There's a huge Sailor Moon tapestry sitting in my office. So I have some connection and I'm sorry to learn just a little bit more in depth about it. And it's also like, like, reading into it, I was like, well, I didn't know these girls were in middle school. So, it makes me... I guess I was little then, I guess, so it doesn't really matter. But I was like, whoa, these girls look attractive.
0: <laughs> that, is, that is definitely true. I was in love with Darian, which is the... Which I kind of want to... Uh, Darian is the, the, like, tuxedo mask, the, the like, main guy in the show. Pretty much the only one that's there repeatedly. Because the, um, the cast itself is mostly women. Or, I guess, girls, actually. Like you pointed out, they're in middle school. Um, but, yeah, I have been obsessed with Sailor Moon for a really long time. Um, I guess, actually, since it came out. And I talked about it a little bit on the DBZ episode. It was my gateway. Um, I think that there are, we've kind of established that the two gateway animes were either Dragon Ball Z or Sailor Moon. And DBZ was the only show that could beat out Sailor Moon on Tsunami. So there you go, Adrian.
1: <laughs> hey, it's a good show. It's just tough because you know the demographics for the shows are just different. You know, like when you're marketing to young girls who might who might not think that anime and like action stuff is like for them because of, you know, societal reasons, it's kinda of hard for that show to beat out something like Dragon Ball Z.
0: Yeah, no, I completely agree. And I actually, so I looked up a lot of the show list, and I think this was the only shoujo, um, the the show, uh, the only shoujo show on shojo show <laughs> on Toonami <laughs> on Toonami's lighta, uh, lineup. And we talked about it in the D V Z episode. That was episode sixteen. Y'all should check it out. And shojo is the opposite of shonen. Shojo is aimed at uh, teenage uh, women or teenage girls. I keep saying women, yeah. Teenage Girls, and it literally means young women in Japanese. Uh, It covers many subjects, variety and narrative styles, from historical drama to science fiction, and it often has a lot of romance and emotions in it. Um, However, Shoujo doesn't only... Uh, restrain itself to one genre, um, but it's rather just the target demographic. And shojo is used for uh, to talk about manga as or manga as well as the animes that we all know and love. Um, but I do want to kind of like drop a little disclaimer here. I will probably be switching back and forth between their Japanese and English names uh, because much like Adrian not being able to watch DBZ in sub. I just cannot refer to any of these characters by their Japanese names. So oh, see, that's
1: cool. I didn't even know they had different names. I thought they were just like, all right, see, look, learn it already.
0: Yep. They changed everything when they brought it to the US. As <laughs> as as you said a little bit in the DBZ show, DBZ show that's that's what happens. Yeah. Um, completely different audiences in Japan versus here. Um But yeah, I guess since you all aren't too big of watchers, I'll say who my favorite character was for those of you in podcast land. My favorite character was always Lita, uh, Sailor Jupiter, because she was a martial artist, a soccer player, and a really good cook. Um, (laughs) She she was like the one that I most identified with. Um,
1: Who was the
2: one? So they named after all the planets.
0: Yes, it was. It's a mixture of astronomy, geology, and like so, like every, every so.
2: Those are two vastly different things.
0: Well, no, so they're two Both vastly rocks. different things because the the group that's named after geology is the bad group in the first story arc. So there's like Zoisite <laughs> and like all these things. <laughs> they're named after rocks, <laughs> and they're their antagonists yeah. because they're planet base and their planet base even in, in anime way.
2: nobody liked geology who is the uh,
1: <laughs> the one with black hair with the red red outfit ray which which planet was she uh sailor mars yeah i like sailor mars she's as
0: did most boys
1: yeah, well she's red and she's looks like the most attractive one when i was that young so
0: well no she was meant to be the most attractive one
1: oh was she so. well there you yeah. go See, there look, you
0: there go. I <laughs> knew know, what
1: they were doing. Marketing, when they made yeah.
0: <laughs> 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 All about that marketing. So I was going to
2: back up one second because we talked. Can you explain? I guess the manga, the shoga, a little more.
0: The shoujo.
2: Yeah, the shoujo.
0: Okay. Well, like, what do you mean?
2: So you said it. I guess it's aimed at teenage femur, female readership, but I mean it's not really a genre. What, exactly. Yeah. So the
0: way it works, um is shonen so when manga is published in japan the majority of the time they're not published in volumes first they're published as monthly issues so okay. think of like a wizard world comics book that has a whole bunch of little um little pieces in it every month um so and the way those are grouped um you'll have like Shonen jump which just has all of the action-based manga for young male readers and you have shoujo and i can't think of the names for the the shoujo manga uh, manga books but and it's nothing but those things that are aimed at young women okay so it's a way of picking your demographic and kind of showing them what, what they like or what you know what what the market says they should like um and as times progress and as identities have changed and, you know, a lot of overlap, um, Sailor Moon does this as well because it moves away from, like, the romance narrative entirely, not entirely, but it focuses more on action sequences and something that you find in shonen, versus a lot of the shoujo tropes. Um, but it's basically just used to market books to target demographics so like it's the assumption that a young girl who wants to read about other teenage girls they want to read about emotions and romance okay. in a historical that setting a versus sense, okay. a five day long fight between Goku and somebody
2: all right that's one a little <laughs> better clarification there
0: <laughs> yeah so um I mean it's not genre constrictive in a way um there's still certain points to it and that is That is going to go into the history, actually. So I want to talk a little bit about about, uh, the creator of Sailor Moon, um, uh, Naoko uh, Takeuchi. And she actually graduated from the University of Pharmacy and she received her degree in chemistry and was a licensed pharmacist. And a lot of the reasons that she was all these things before she was a manga writer was because manga is really a male-dominated field in Japan. Um, and that's where you where a lot of the greats are men. Um, think about Miyazaki um, and the entire Studio Ghibli team. The well-known names there are all men, and all of the people they worked under were men. And so she had a, a long journey getting into manga. Um, and one of the reasons... That she isn't entirely satisfied with the Sailor Moon series, both as a show and as a manga, is she wasn't allowed to do a lot of the things. So initially she wanted to kill off all the Sailor Scouts. You can't do that in Shoujo. You still have to have this happy ending. Hmm. Um, and so she could have a big battle, but they couldn't die. Um, so where it doesn't restrict genre, it does restrict certain things you can do. Um, so it's, it's it's a little weird it's
2: yeah
0: it's a complete it's a completely different genre structure than we're than we're than we're used to when we classify things in the US I would say um, so she began working on uh, in manga in 1986 and she ended up only shooting to fame after uh, Sailor Moon became an instant hit in 1991 um, and Sailor Moon itself here's a little a little breakdown of what happens in both the manga and the anime? So, Sailor Moon as a series takes place in Minato, Tokyo, and it follows a middle student named Usagi Tusinko. Um, and I'm going to call her Serena because that's what I grew up learning her, uh, learning her as. Um, and she befriends a a black talking cat with, um, a a moon, a, a crescent moon on her forehead, and she ends up getting a magical brooch, and this brooch makes her into Sailor Moon, a soldier who's destined to save Earth. Um, Luna and Usagi, Serena, assemble a team of fellow Sailor Scouts. Um, they're also known as guardians and soldiers, depending what translations you're working from to find uh define the princess and the silver crystal they encounter amy um who is the studious one and she's sailor mercury ray hino who's a shrine maiden um she's also uh quick to uh, quick to anger which is why she's sailor mars and her her element is fire um mercury is water um makoto uh kino is why a chance trans- she's water Hot I was thinking board. the
2: same thing. I don't know. Mercury's the closest planet to the sun. Hey. Yeah, you just hey.
0: trigger
1: Matt's science hey. brain into like... Hey.
0: She was a chemist, not an astrophysicist. <laughs> or astronomer. Okay. That, I that, don't know why she's water. It's a show for kids. She
1: is yeah, an awesome bubble okay. power.
0: <sighs> oh, the science guy. Yeah, Keep going. <laughs> Um, and then you have Makoto Kino, or Lita, a tall transfer student who awakens as, a sa- as Sailor Jupiter, and Minako, or Mina, who is a young aspiring idol who awakens as Sailor Venus, um, accompanied by her talking feline companion, Artemis, and Mina is actually second in charge most of the time. Uh, additionally, they encounter Mamoru Chiba, also known as Darien, and I tried to do Serena's voice, that really didn't work, kind of. Um, and he's a high school student who assists the Mystic as Tuxedo Mask, and he's also one of the only male characters who shows up repeatedly across the seasons. And he is the love interest for uh, Serena. Question. Yes.
1: Uh, you keep saying awaken. What does that mean? Is it like when they find, like in Power Rangers, when they find their morphers and exactly. they become Power Rangers?
0: Okay. That is exactly what it's like. And a lot of the uh, – so Super Sentai in Japan, which launched uh, Power Rangers, um, they kind of feed off of each other narrative-wise um, from the, the Sailor Guardians and uh, Super Sentai. Um, cool. So. And I'll get a little bit into that in the end because much like DBZ revolutionized some Shonen stuff, Sailor Moon cre- uh, revamped an entire genre within Shoujo. So. Um, so in the manga itself, which is where everything always starts with anime for the most part, the, ma- the manga was written and illustrated by Naoko Takauchi, and it was serialized in a monthly manga anthology called Nakayoshi from December 28th, 1991 to February 3rd, 1997. The side stories were serialized simultaneously in Run Run, another of uh, Kodansha's manga magazines. And these are the, maze- uh, the magazines, Matt, that I was talking about, where they package right. them into one thing to go with other stories. Okay. Um, and then the 52 individual chapters were published as in 18 book um, tankobon volumes. And those are kind of like the stuff you'll see on my shelf where you have manga volumes, like volume one, volume two, volume three. Uh, type thing where they break the story up into arcs and publish them that way.
2: I can't um, even pronounce half these words.
0: Think trade volumes <laughs> in comics. Okay. <laughs> um. So those were released in nineteen eighty two Uh, those were released from 1992 to 1997 and uh, the Sailor Moon manga was initially licensed for an English release by Mix and this is what would later become Tokyo Pop in North America but Tokyo Pop eventually ended up losing its license in 2015 and that is uh, so those are actually any Tokyo Pop Sailor Moon manga that you have hold on to it it is out of print now Um, or sell it it's completely up to you who am I to tell you what to do with your life (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> um so this brings us into the anime um and Takuchi redeveloped sailor moon from the manga series uh which was running in the uh, in the manga magazines uh and it was called codename sailor v and this is where it gets a little tricky um so sailor v was published and she ends up developing a show making Sailor Venus or codename Sailor, uh, code Sailor V just as a team member versus the actual star of the anime. And so what happens here is that the anime is kind of, like it pays homage to the fact that Sailor Moon as it exists now first existed as Sailor V. And so Mina, uh, Sailor Venus, ends up entering the show as this already famous, like, TV character who has her own video game. And Sailor Moon is, like, super obsessed with playing that video game. Um, And it all just kind of rough. It's, like, a little meta.
1: It's, like, Inception. (laughs) (laughs) Is the anime running? Because I know you said that they, they redeveloped it. So the anime... Was not running at the same time she yeah, was like, so publishing this is it where monthly. things get a
0: little tricky for me in my research. It was running concurrently with the manga, but all of this is like a rejiggering of codename Sailor V, if that makes sense. So Sailor V comes first, and then comes the rejiggering of it in Sailor Moon and then the manga. If that makes sense. In the manga and the anime. So
1: so what's what's run concurrently is this exactly. like revamped yes, version yeah. of Sailor Moon. So it's like the same,
0: exactly same Yeah. stuff. So right? it, okay, it's cool. it's just kind of like how DBZ ran concurrently for the most part. Only this has its origin in like a different um, a different manga volume type thing. Yeah, it was cool. really confusing actually, because um, the timelines are really weird and the, everything's so close together, and a lot of them were just years. So it's like, this was 1991 and this was 1991. Well, which came
2: first? Um, Are a lot of
0: animes like this? Uh, Like, come off of, like, a small idea into something bigger? Well, I'm,
2: I'm assuming that, but I'm talking about, like, this, I guess, concurrent, like, a yeah. manga and...
0: Yeah, so the majority yeah. of them do run, con- like, the manga's out for maybe a few months, and most of the time it'll get picked up, and then they run concurrently, and so that lets you know what's going to happen in the anime for the most part, and that's also how you can tell a show's about to end, so I think, like, Beach, uh, Bleach ended its manga run, like, I think maybe, like, a season before the anime ended up ending. Okay. Um, and it just depends on how long the anime is and how how frequently they're written
1: um and this is why we have this filler. is
0: why we have filler <laughs> um which i did rewatch uh sailor moon and damn it i can't talk as much crap as i want to about dragon ball z because there is filler in sailor Moon.
1: yeah <laughs> but i mean they, it kind of goes just with what was going on when the time the anime was coming out you can't really avoid it you kind of have to do something to wait for stuff to be revamped and stuff so yeah, it's totally it, so like if sure. the
0: manga doesn't publish for two months they need to find something to do right. with the anime story for it um, yeah. so all of this goes down to um, Takuichi wanted to make a theme about outer space and she ended up discussing it with her editor and he said we should put them in Sailor Fuku which if you don't know what Sailor Fuku is do, do you all want to guess what it is?
2: no
1: <laughs> not, I, yeah, not, not, saying, not, not gonna saying, gonna yes. Mine just goes it's completely the other direction.
0: Because the school, yeah, because ah. the schoolgirl yeah, outfit it's... is like a sa- like the sailor type thing. Um, so he was the one yeah. who came up with that. Not surprising. Um, and so when uh codename Sailor v was proposed for an adaptation into an anime by Toei Animation, Takagi redeveloped the concept of Sailor Venus and made her become a member of the team. So Sailor Moon. As it runs is broken up into different arcs. So instead of just having seasons like season one, two, three, four, they break them into completely different categories. Um, over um, all in all, there's two hundred episodes. Um, they're also known as Sailor Senshi, uh, beautiful Sailor Guardian, Sailor Soldiers. It really just depends on what translations you're looking at. And you have Sailor Moon, which is the first season that pretty much everybody's familiar with um and in this arc the group battles the dark kingdom which is led by queen beryl a team of generals the four kings of heaven attempt to find the silver crystal and free the imprisoned evil entity called queen matreya long story short the girls end up killing the four kings of heaven only to realize that they were actually their lovers in a past life and they all come to the realization that sailor moon Usagi, Serena is actually Princess Serenity and that Mamaru, Darien is actually Prince Endymion and they're all reincarnations of this mythical moon kingdom which was very real and now they have to save the world
2: Is this like Asgard?
0: Kind of actually (laughs) I have never thought of it being I've never thought of it being like the Nine Realms but it kind of sort is. At one time is. we
2: had nine planets.
0: <laughs> and then Pluto?
2: It's no longer a planet.
0: Okay. Well, Pluto is a Sailor Scout, so.
2: They probably got fired.
0: No. no. <laughs> she doesn't. She's a badass. But, um, but yeah, so this is the storyline that most people are familiar with. Because in the U.S., um, you only get the first two seasons, in uh dubbed so this is the stuff that's on Tsunami, and um the second season is known as sailor moon r and this run oh sorry uh so the first season of sailor moon runs from uh 92 to 93 sailor moon r which is second the second season it runs from 93 to 94 and this is where you get chibiusa um or little Usagi. Um, and she's the tiny little girl with pink hair that has the Sailor Moon buns, but like pink. Um, and the main antagonists here are the Black Moon Gang and Wiseman, who has and Wiseman has this like really. So weird... how
2: is little pink hair girl related to the moons? Did they <laughs> find her on the street? I, didn't I mean, wanna... okay.
0: So I want to point out now, if you've never watched Sailor Moon the story is just a little bit convoluted. <laughs> and a little confusing. So, obviously, Little Sailor Moon Girl, which we will we'll, we'll call Chibiusa Little Sailor Moon Girl, or Rini, okay. um, she is actually Sailor Moon's daughter with Darien from the future. And she ends up coming <laughs> back because Wise Man ends up pretty much killing everybody in crystal tokyo
2: so a 14 year old has less, less than, than 14, 14 year old girl probably. now is talking hanging out with her future daughter for when she's older
0: and they don't know any of this until like the but, last four episodes <laughs> That's
1: funny. And, there's and there's like some crazy there, there, stuff in the early 90s and there
0: and there are time gates and that's how they travel with the key, and Sailor Pluto guards the time gates.
1: <laughs> oh, speaking of Sailor Pluto, uh, I, the International Astronomical Union uh, reclassified Pluto as a planet <gasps> in April, just so uh, we don't get added.
0: They're going to at you, scientists. And NASA that's on the website
1: classifies it as a dwarf planet again. So technically still a still planet. planet. Thanks, NASA.
2: All those people that whine and cry will be dead eventually and they'll go back to not being a planet.
0: <laughs> Thanks, Matt. <laughs> Let's move on, shall we? Anyway, so they fight the Black Moon Gang and Wiseman. And the reason I bring up Wiseman is because he has this... You'll find that almost every main antagonist has some weird obsessin- obsession with Serena. Um, and his is that he wants to marry her and love her because he, like, she looked at him at one point and it's, it's really weird and he kills a lot of people. Anyway, uh, so, oh, and I skipped something. Guys, I'm, I'm gonna be honest. The history in these in the seasons is really weird, but I think the most important thing is that it was only supposed to be one season. That's one of the reasons why it gets so convoluted. So Takaguchi actually did not come up with, with the idea of a future daughter. That was actually her editor who came up with that because she wanted it to end at season one. And like I said before, she wanted uh, them all to die. So and,
2: she started in 86, gets a hit in 91. If you work that hard... Why did you want it to end so badly?
0: Be- so, like, for her, she wanted to end it because that's how she saw her story ending. So, like, the first season, and one of the reasons that most of the people only know the first season is because it's actually really, it, it's it's really good, it's a really good show. Not that the other seasons aren't, but it's a really concise story. It, it it's, it's its own thing separate from everything else. And... She wanted to kill them off because they would be sacrificing themselves for the planet. She wanted them to be as Earth Earth's Guardians ready to do that. And in the end of season one, they do all die, but then they're resurrected. Um, so she wanted it to end, but because of how popular it was, that's why it ends up t- just going and going and going. Um, so See, this
2: is why I quit watching Digimon after season one. <laughs>
0: I mean, and it's something that happens a lot, like, and it happens here in the States, too. Like, some people just want their work to be what they remember it, or what they want it to be, and popularity keeps it from doing that. Um, so, moving right along, the third season is Sailor Moon S, and it runs from 94 to 95. This revolves around the Death Busters, and this is an important... This is important because some of these episodes get packaged in with season two. And this is where you get um, Sailor Neptune, Sailor Uranus, and Sailor Sailor Pluto's incarnations um, in the story. And Sailor Neptune and Sailor Uranus are important because they are a representation of a same-sex couple. Which you don't get a lot of in the 90s. Other than Buffy. Which I actually think that happened in 2000. So yeah, you don't get a lot of it. Um, after that, in 95 to 96, you get Sailor Moon Super S, and this is where they fight against the Dead Moon Circus and Queen, <laughs> Queen Nehalenia, um, and this is, at the end of this, and the big thing here is they end up awakening the, um, these Sailor Soldiers known as the Sailor Quartet that are supposed to be little Sailor Moon's guardians in the future. Um, And they end up being awakened before their time. And then it wraps up with Sailor Moon, Sailor Stars from 96 to 97. And in this final arc, they end up having like big showdowns. And ultimately, it ends with um, Darien and uh, Serena getting married six years after it caps. Um, And then there are three supplemental movies. Sailor Moon R the movie, Sailor Moon S the movie, and Sailor Moon Super S the movie.
2: Do you have a reason why they're called R, S, and Super S? I
0: should have looked it up, but I, I'm not sure. I, I mean, that's yeah. fine.
2: It's just, it, it just seems a little weird.
0: Yeah, it. I know that like Sailor Stars has to do with the fact that the antagonists that they end up dealing with have names like Galactica and oh, Galaxia yeah. and all that stuff, but so far as the other ones, I'm not too sure. Um, guys, if you know out there in podcast land, please at me and let me know if there are some distinctions. Um, so all this is happening in Japan, and as always, we get stuff late. So in 1995, DIC Won the rights to Sailor Moon in North America, and it bought the series as a 65-episode package with seven episodes cut for unknown reasons. And the series actually did so poorly in this syndication after the run had completed that uh, DIC dropped the show and made no effort to bring the series back to even end and uh, uh, to even end the second season. Um, and this is actually what I remember. So my first Sailor Moon experience was not Toonami. It was this. And I spent at least 30, 45 minutes trying to find out what channel it aired on. And I couldn't. Um, but the one thing that I really remember was in the commercials, uh, Sailor- they brought on an American actress, Tia Broush, to play Sailor Moon. And she had this really, really awful wig and she would reenact the Sailor Says, which is these like PSA after after the episode segments. And she would like dish out device and harsh truths or she'll be like, I've really gotten myself into trouble now, guys. And there is a compilation of it that I will link in the show notes and rewatching it now. It is really weird. And that wig is really bad. Um, But this is what I remember, and it didn't do too well. Um, So, after this, Toonami ends up bringing it back in April of 1998. It gained the syndication rights for Sailor Moon R, and it debuted um, on June 1st. The final 17 episodes of Sailor, uh, Sailor Moon R premiered. And they were announced as the Sailor Moon, The Lost Episodes. And it remained syndicated on Tsunami until July of 2002. Um, because Cartoon Network ended up losing all of its broadcasting rights. Um, following its premiere, um, Sailor Moon became the highest rated series on Toonami. Until Dragon Ball Z came in the same year in December and smashed the numbers. So...
1: Yeah, it's it's tough. Like it's it just had the unfortunate, you know, timing of running against Dragon Ball Z. Like it's nothing it takes nothing away from how great Sailor Moon is. It just happened to go against <laughs> Dragon Ball Z Oh yeah, like and, the and worst I think time. too
0: is it's a lineup that if you're really into the emotional relationships packaged in a certain way, not that DBZ doesn't have them. But packaged in a certain way, like Sailor Moon, or you are that targeted audience, you might, like you said earlier, you might not sit sit around for Dragon Ball Z or some of the other shows because this was one of the only shojo's, if not the only one, that I could find in their lineup. Um, so it was something different, um, but the action made it fit. Yep. Um,
2: so were these like I guess as you guys say dubbed or non?
0: Yeah, they were all dubbed. Okay. Yeah, all yeah, do. And they were also heavily, heavily edited. So when I think it was like my first year of college, I ended up rewatching all of them on some anime streaming website. Don't even remember what it was. It was not like I remember it at all, because um, they cut out a lot of the uh, sexual innuendos. Um, the same-sex relationship was highly edited in the U.S. versions to make it seem like it was just friendship. Um, although, if you're older and watching and watching some of those back now, it, it they did you can't edit that out because it takes out a huge part of the story, and they couldn't erase it. Um, but yeah, it was there are a lot of differences from the way it ran here versus what Japan got. Um, so, but it was all dubbed.
1: Yeah, they're much they're much more okay with middle schoolers making sexual innuendos. Yeah, actually it was
0: like old men making sexual innuendos because there was the old priest of the temple that Ray runs.
1: Oh, that and this gotcha. is something that's
0: actually done in Sailor Moon Crystal which is the relaunch of the show that was done in 2012 and this was done as a way to kind of bring it back to the manga also catch up on all the Sailor Moon hype that always happens Um, And it was actually a simultaneous worldwide release in 2013 as part of this 20th anniversary celebration. So everybody got it at the same time. Um, So Crystal premiered in 2014, and the episodes were posted on the first and third Saturdays of each month. Um, Kotono Mitsuishi reprised her role as Sailor Moon in the Japanese version. And a third season is planned for, uh, which should be arriving, or actually, I think it already happened in 2017. Um, so, in this one follows the manga more closely, but it also, it's, you know that Sailor Moon and Darien are having sex. Like, it's very clear here, and it was not clear in the anime at all, the anime that I watched growing up. And a lot of that is, too, because there's a giant age difference between Darian and Serena. Um, That and, you know, America's just not cool with that type of stuff in our kids' television. Um, So they look older as well in Sailor Moon Crystal, um, it's a completely different style, and it's a different narrative, and it really holds to the manga a lot better than anything else, because um, the anime did move move away from it.
1: Do they still portray Sailor Moon as like a middle schooler? Yes, and uh, Tuxedo Mask yes. as a high schooler. It's, oh, that's still it's yeah, weird. it's
0: still okay. that. It, so it's, how much older
2: are we talking about then?
1: It's just a middle school and a high schooler. I don't think. Well, you know, I meant like you said, there. they portray a well. Lot older. So
0: I think and it's I like, so uh, I think it's like a. I think it's like a five or six year age difference. I may be wrong.
2: So they betray them. So are they actually the same age? as?
0: No, they're not the same age. They're they're completely like... they. But they're
2: still in middle school.
0: They are in... Yeah. I'm saying they look older. Well, well, that's what I'm saying. Are they
2: still the actual age that they're supposed to, but they're they're just portrayed older? Yes. Or are they actually five years older?
0: They're portrayed older. They are still middle school students, but the type of animation they use makes them look older. So if you compare Sailor Moon Crystal to the Sailor Moon anime, the style of animation in Sailor Moon Crystal is longer legs, um, longer arms, which means skimpier clothing, or at least the appearance of it, Um, and their eyes aren't as big. And a lot of the time, eye size in anime is used to, one, denote gender, but also to denote age. So the larger the eyes, usually the younger... The younger the character is, um, and it's usually female, so the animation style makes them them different. Yeah, no, I really loved it. I thought it was really good. Um, I can't. There's a few. I think there's like one season dubbed, and I can't do it. It's so it's so different from what I heard um, in the original Sailor Moon.
1: Uh, Yeah, because I think Stefani watched it. I think I don't think she finished it because it was just so different. I think it like made her it made it seem like it, ate, it didn't age well uh, for okay. her. okay. Yeah, no. I, because of all of like, the changes? Well, I
0: think for me, I really loved the manga, too. So to see it in that way, I really loved it. Um, but the one change that I hated that they did was they actually removed the Sailor Says. So it doesn't have any of the PSAs. And I, I wasn't able to figure it out. If that was just an American thing that they brought in the U.S. Um, but... I loved them and they weren't there. It's also a lot more streamlined, kind of how um, how you were saying uh, Dragon Ball Z Kai is. There's really no filter, uh, filler because it's all based on the anime, so it gets right into a lot of the stuff a lot quicker. So the pacing is a lot different. Um, the content is mostly the same, but the pacing is very, very different from what you would have been used to watching it, you know, in the 90s. Um, or I guess... Uh, Whenever, you, you know, whenever you watch it in the early 2000s or whatever. Um, so I definitely see some people not thinking it, it aged well because um, it is different. Like just the animation style itself. Like I said, it, it makes it feel a lot different because um, it, it jumps from the because uh, is Dragon Ball Z Kai have a different animation style or is it still that same like 90s look?
1: It's just no, it's just updated graphics really like sd Uh, to hd basically like they don't really change anything other than yeah i'll go ahead and i'll link
0: it in the show notes there's this really good video that kind of um puts all of the transformations on one screen like into into little quadrants and so you get like the live action the 90s and the crystals because there's like two there's like a long form crystal episode where it has like longer transformations which have pretty much been memed to death and is one of the reasons people know Sailor Moon is because of their really long transformation sequences. (laughs) Um, those are some of my favorite things to look at. Um, but, yeah. So this is definitely a complete revamp, I would say, versus just, like, streamlining things only. But I liked it. I can't wait to watch the rest of it. So, um... All this leads into the musicals, which happened in mid-1993, and the first musical theater production based on Sailor Moon premiered then. Um, Anza um, Oyama starred as Sailor Moon. Uh, 30 such musicals in all have been produced. With one in pre-production, the show's stories include anime and spider-inspired plot lines and origi- plus also some original material. Music from the series has been released on about 20 memorial albums, and the popularity of the musicals is actually what leads to the development of the live-action TV show Pretty Guardian Sailor Moon in 2003-2004. Um And then it has like 20 video games, there's cosmetic lines, clothes, China just debuted a new Sailor Moon telephone, Um, and now I think ultimately I want to get into why this really long history and sometimes convoluted story.
1: Pretty Guardian Sailor Moon looks It is actually,
0: so a lot of those episodes are on (laughs) YouTube. Um, and it's, it's, there's a specific type of, of live action that it's called, it's called Tokusatsu, and it's, like, Power Rangers. It's the really over-developed, hyper, hyper-stylized, like, effects, and all that type of stuff. Which is still weird. No,
1: oh, I want to no, watch this. it's weird because I want to watch this. I'm glad one of us gets a good, uh you know, in real life <laughs> anime.
2: Well, it's just funny because this wasn't Cause very successful. Dragon
1: Ball Evolution's terrible. Was it? It can, can't can be any worse than Dragon Ball <laughs> Evolution.
0: Well, because this was actually made in Japan. Um, yeah, what did you say? Yeah, about? there you go. I was saying it's
2: just kind of weird that this wasn't actually very successful compared to the Power Rangers, which ends up having like Tons and tons of shows.
0: Well, but this too, like, just happened in Japan. Like, they didn't Americanize it. They tried to. Like, they bought the rights to do it, and then they just didn't do it. Um, So Super Sentai was the original Power Rangers thing, and then the U.S. bought all... Then Sabin... Or so- Sabin? Sabin? I do not know how to pronounce that.
2: I was going to go with Sabin. But... Sabin?
0: Okay, yeah. <laughs> they bought the rights to Power Rangers and have just marketed the hell out of it. So.
2: so you're saying if they came back and did this They would be just as successful
0: uh, Probably not I mean like Adrian said Chris, like Stefani who loves Sailor Moon Did not really like Crystal that much <laughs> So um, But it's based on the idea It's based on the same idea which is one of my But why those um, So Sailor Moon Is single handedly Credited with bringing back to life the magical girl warrior genre within shoujo and not only that the idea of teens getting powers and doing things so um like like i said before super sentai and sailor moon borrow a lot from each other and one of the reasons that this is really important for shoujo is that when sailor moon comes out It shows that you can do shoujo in a different way. You don't just need romance and teenage angst or like subplots. You can actually have people saving the world and you can have teen girls actually saving the world um, and having really intense action sequences um so without this you really wouldn't get a lot of the other stuff and it is one of the reasons that powerpuff girls happens actually it was highly influenced by sailor moon and this idea of girls using their powers to save everything um some other stuff or this trope was the magical girl is uh cardcaptor sakura um as well as kagome and Inuyasha, which is one of those reasons where i was like wait a minute Inuyasha is like this hybrid between shoujo and shonen um so Sailor Moon really makes this a thing, um, the warrior girl, a thing in in Japanese culture. And it's definitely something that really resonates with um, people who watched it in the U.S. Um, and this leads into one of the main reasons people think that this is important. And one of the reasons I really liked it growing up, and just to put it simply, it's girl power. Um, this is probably one of the biggest but why those. And... In the big epic battle scenes, they are constantly being underestimated. They are constantly being told by their antagonists, who are for the most part men. There are some female um, antagonists, but in the in the first season, it's it's a group of guys who just keep saying this little girl can't do anything. Lo and behold, they can. Um, and one of the reasons that I really think that this is a great example of um, like girl uh, women empowerment young girl empowerment just knowing you can do things is because every single one of the characters isn't just one thing and she isn't just one type of feminine you get a whole bunch of different things you get the smart girl who is also kind you get the angry girl who is also really confident and um, I would also say in like little scare quotes, like sexual, like she's the most attractive of them. She's the one that really goes out there and flirts and not in a bad way, but in a very confident way. Um, you have the fighter who is also a really ga- great cook, and cooking is a skill often attributed to really hyper feminine women versus fighting, which is a masculine trait. Um, you have the diva. Um, who is also one of the most vulnerable of them all and deals with a lot of self-conscious stuff, even though she's really in your face a lot of the time. You have the race car driver, um, Sailor Uranus, who is masculine and she, dress in, she dresses in uh, men's clothes. Um, she has a short haircut. She has smaller eyes. Um, but at the end of the day, she's still, she's still a Sailor Scout. You have the artist, Sailor Neptune, and you have... A representation of, you know, life and death and angst in Sailor Saturn and Sailor Pluto. And all of this is important because even though all of these traits stand out when they need to, like Amy, the smart girl, gets people out of a lot of binds, her her characteristic and her power is still equal to everybody else's because you need all these pieces to make a good team. Um, and it shows that you can be empowered no matter what you do. And on top of that, Sailor Moon, actually, who is not in these tropes, is really, really flawed. Um, she eats a lot. She whines. She gets bad grades. She's boy crazy. And she's all these things that you, you wouldn't think that to tell your daughter to be. And the entire show focuses on her overcoming these obstacles and learning from them and finding her strength, even though she has flaws. Um, So this type of concept is something that you see a lot when people try to do uh, when people do female empowerment works. Um, So it's masking masculine traits within really feminine bodies. Um, So even though some of these girls do have masculine traits, there's a high emphasis on them being girls on their jewelry, their makeup, their highly sexualized outfits and cleavage. Um, Because, you know, in those transition scene in the transformation scenes, they're pretty much naked and it's a silhouette. (laughs) Um, And, Another thing is that the stereotypical role of women in Japanese culture is to undertake romance, um, and because of that, the prevalence of hyper-feminine qualities, like the openness of the female eye in girls' comments, is actually shown in Sailor Moon, so it's not pushing back too much against like these concrete stereotypes within shoujo and within Japanese culture as a whole.
2: So if Sailor Moon's I'm guessing you're saying she's the most flawed out of all of them. Mm-hmm. So how is she I guess what enables her or why is she like I guess their leader, I guess.
0: So Sailor Moon and this is one of the um, this is one of the things that is also but why though is because she's flawed, she's kind of the anti princess, and there's nothing wrong with being a princess. Not saying that. No shade. Um But she doesn't do things perfectly. And when you see, like, a Disney princess, she has a perfect voice. She has special personalities. Serena is the average girl, and she's kind of thrust into this position of power when she finds um, her, um, her locket or her brooch that makes her transform. And she doesn't necessarily want it. She doesn't want to be a hero. She doesn't want to have this type of responsibility where she has to... Save people because she doesn't know how, and she knows that she's flawed. And so, a lot of this is, and this is one of the critiques, or that there are a lot of catty stereotypes because Ray, in particular, does not like the fact that Serena is leading the team because Ray is somebody who has her entire life put together. She, she's a middle schooler, but (laughs) (laughs) you know she runs a temple. She has great grades. She's responsible. So is she there works. any
2: character characteristic that she has to why people actually do follow her? Then, because he found out why someone like Ray would not. But what? Yeah. Why?
1: It's what's well, just the the flawed character. It's the character development over the show that I would imagine would propel people to like Sigler Moon as like the main person. Where these other uh, Sailor Scouts, Sailor Soldiers, either one of those, one of the <laughs> two, uh, are kind of like not like pigeonholed into like you know having the quality exactly. and the opposite quality. Sailor Moon's kind of like the the or Sailor Moon's kind of like the the every yes. woman. Yeah, no, In the situation. So that's probably why Yeah, she has no, a definitely draw.
0: Adrian. And I think like within the universe itself the reason they do stay by her even with these flaws is the fact that when she's acquiring all these teammates because she ends up finding them all and having to convince them to work with her um, she pretty much puts her life on the line every time. Um, and so it's that willingness to sacrifice herself for the friends that it makes people say, okay, you know what? You are a really flawed person, Serena. You whine a lot. You argue with me. But at the end of the day, I know that when Zoysite and Queen Beryl come attack us, I want you by my side because you're going to do whatever you can to protect me and ultimately to protect the world. Um, And she's not a perfect fighter fighter either. Like she's the farthest thing from Mary Sue. There's nothing wrong with Mary Sue's. But she doesn't just fall into this and do it perfectly. Like she messes up a lot. But throughout that entire time, it's the classic story of, like you said, Adrian, the flawed character having a lot of heart and making it through the day. And ultimately, and this is one of the reasons why I think you actually included on your show, on your shounen list, Adrian, is she's very much going through the teaching process and the training to become something in the end, um, which you get in shounen anime as, as well as the action. Um, and she's also madly in love with Darian and it's one of the best romances ever. Fight me. <laughs> <laughs> um so those are a few of them and i want to like also point out too that that critique is really it is a big thing because there is a lot of like as much as there is women lifting up other women there's a lot of tearing down of each other like they fight a whole bunch like between mina ray and so sailor venus sailor mars and um sailor moon there is a lot of animosity a lot of the time. Um, that changes as the seasons progress and Serena kind of comes into her own. Um, but, you know, Amy and Lita kind of break it up and are really nice. Um, so, obviously, I've mentioned them a lot. And it the other but why, though, is the PSAs. And these were called the Sailor Says Moment or Sailor Moon Says. Um, And these happened, they were probably about 10 seconds each, and they came right at the end of the show. And it would talk about a lot of the mess-ups that happened. So it would talk about Sailor Moon excessively exercising and almost collapsing when she's fighting somebody. And then it would say, hey, you can't do this. If you see a friend doing this, offer them help. If you are doing this, remember, you're perfect the way you are and you don't need to hurt yourself. Um, it, it tackled difficult things like that. It also tackled ideas of, like, domestic violence and, like, interpersonal violence. And it, like, it has this really strong stance of if somebody mistreats you, doesn't matter how good they look or how nice they are in front of your friends, you don't stay with them. And it tackles these things, also tackles anxiety, depression, um, inability to believe in yourself. But then it also tackles like what to do if your friend cuts their hand in the case of an emergency and you need to wear sunscreen and you maybe shouldn't be jealous of people. (laughs) Um, So it kind of covers everything. But the reason I really like these PSAs is the way they do it is they make it okay for you to make these mistakes and then tell you how to come back from them and tell you what to look for in your friends and know that like you don't have to do it by yourself. Like you can reach out to your friends. And if you're a friend, you should really reach out to that person. So for me growing up, like these things are really powerful. Um, and I think looking back, like they still hold true. And it, it, it's something real because a lot of the time you get these storylines where you have something bad happening and you're watching it as a kid. You don't you don't differentiate. This actually points out that bad thing, and tells you how to avoid it, or tells you how to see things, um, which is one of the things I was very sad with with Sailor Moon Crystal. And finally, but also firstly, um, I already said it. It was a gateway anime, and a lot of people have actually credited Sailor Moon with bringing um, to bring shojo into mainstream bookstores um because after the fandom starts i guess developing in the u.s you get them in actual comic shops so comic shops start carrying manga because of sailor moon in most things at least according to a cultural anthropologist named matt thorne Um, and it's also the series has also been credited as a beginning of a wider movement of girls actually taking up shoujo manga in the U.S. and uh, as well as Canada and Canadian librarian Giles Poitras defines a generation, um, says that this defines a generation of anime fans as those who were introduced to the anime of Sailor Moon and. It's a, it's, a, it's a different demographic. It's females watching anime and getting really into this high action but also high narrative story. Um, also, kind of like we mentioned in Dragon Ball Z, it's been translated into a lot of languages. Like, this really has lasting power and punch, like, across the board. Like, this is just something that's really fun. And I've said it before. I've said it this episode. I'll say it again. If you like anime... Your first one was probably Sailor Moon or Dragon Ball Z. Um, yeah. I
1: have a question, Kate. Uh, just because, I mean, obviously, like demographic reasons, of course, but I'm a little older now. and I'm obviously a little bit more aware of what animes are out there. Why do you think no other shoujo has, like, the reach of Sailor Moon because of course like Naruto and Bleach and all of and One Piece and all of those shonens are huge now like they're 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 huge they're huge they're huge, but I can't think of like other than, well, maybe like Host Club yeah like the high school host club and I only know that because Stefani watches it like what why don't you think that Sailor Moon has the la- or why did Sailor Moon have the lasting impression where other shoujos, at least over here in the U S and kind of North America how come we don't have that big of a shonen a or shojo craze, craze as we do that. No, that's a really good craze.
0: question. And I think it's because... Sailor Moon isn't your typical shojo. So the majority of shoujo would be like Fruits Basket. Or the Orin Host Club. It's very... romancy, I guess. And, and Hulu has a whole bunch of... Um, a whole bunch of shoujo shows on there now. But I wouldn't say that people know them like you said. Like Naruto or Bleach. And I think it's because... Sailor Moon kind of straddles that line between shoujo and shonen. it brings in not only female audiences but there's actually like a really huge movement of like men who love Sailor Moon or who were boys at the time but also are just as much drawn to it as the female audience and I think the fact that Sailor Moon had the ability to do that that's what made it last, and that's what made it big. Is it was able to market to both audiences, even though it was categorically a shoujo aimed at one audience? Um, and I mean, I'm trying to think, I guess Card Sakura would probably be the closest I could think to hitting some sort of popularity, but even then, it I always saw Card Capture Sakura as like a ripoff of Sailor Moon and never really watched it. <laughs> <laughs>
1: That's how I feel about Naruto. so I feel you. Don't hate me, listeners. I mean, I'm sure it's a great show. I just, you know, reasons. You've still
2: seen more than I have.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I think you actually had a really good question um, when we were, like, prepping for the episode, Matt, about blonde characters.
2: No, I just didn't understand. I didn't know if there was a particular reason, because... I looked at the musical. I saw the actors who portrayed the musicals and the live action shows, and the fact it was from Japan and everything. But I never understood. I guess another one of the questions of like following, I guess, character portrayed as Sailor Moon of, why was she a blonde haired, blue eyed white girl?
0: Well, there's a yeah. lot of
1: them. I was like, now that I'm thinking about, it, like, was Sailor Sailor Galaxia in like the last one? Sailor Venus was, was but there's then even, but I them.
0: think too, like, if you look back to anime, um. I do not know Ichigo. if this was a trend
2: in, like, Japan or how it was. Yeah, so Naruto's
0: I... blonde. Ichigo's an orange head. Well, they've had, like, <laughs> like I mean, there's... I guess
2: it seemed like they have like, more of a bleach blonde, would it not? Like, that sometimes portrayed in, I guess, Asian culture?
0: Yeah, compared so... Compared to, like, an
2: actual, like, true blonde?
0: Yeah, so there are two reasons. So Sailor Moon isn't a white girl. She is, Asian. She is Japanese. But she does have blonde hair and blue eyes. Um, and one, so there are two reasons... One, there is an obsession in Japan with really, really pale skin and really, really light hair. Um, Half of that has to do with status and the idea that if if you're out in the sun and you're lower class, then your skin is darker, your hair and your hair looks different. And then on top of that, um, a lot of it has to do with, um, I'm going to use the word, uh, the word colonialism. And the idea that when the US came into Japan after World War II and occupied it, rewrote their constitution, changed their way of life, the best way to get along in a Japan under occupation was to be more American. And so these ideas of um, enacting whiteness stuck, but at least so far as like trope wise in anime, blonde or orange hair is used to signify a foreigner and you end up seeing it a lot in your uh protagonists because the majority of protagonists in anime or manga don't really fit in there's something that makes them other so for sailor moon she's really flawed she doesn't have her stuff together and she's different she's ultimately very different from the rest of the characters naruto same thing he has a completely different lineage than a lot of the other um the other people that each training with. Um, hell, the Saiyans end up going blonde when they go into their Saiyan mode. So, um, <laughs> yep. It's a way to denote otherness in a pretty homogenized culture, um, at least, like, look-wise. Um, and that's this type of, look from anime with bleached hair or different colored eyes also translates into, like, Japanese street fashion where you end up seeing bleached blondes and um, that type of stuff. So I had to look that up because I had... It was something that I was actually really intrigued by and didn't know the full answer. (laughs) I just wanted to say colonialism for everything, but that was not the right answer. (laughs) So, I mean, like, what do you guys think after after getting my, my breakdown about Sailor Moon?
2: Uh, I mean... It seems, obviously, it was a very popular show, as you said, in Gateway. Some of the storyline, I guess, was a little very confusing to me. It was kind of hard to follow somewhat, just because of the way they did it.
0: Which, for listeners, I did write out, like, synopses for each one of the seasons. And after just going into, like, the first one, I realized that it probably wouldn't be best to just do nothing but synopses for 20 minutes, because it's a pretty convoluted story.
2: Yeah, uh... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> yeah i just kind of got confused a little bit on like how they did it the back and forth i guess between the time travel versus they were their future selves or future lovers
0: yeah well no so the, the they weren't future lovers they were reincarnated lovers
2: reincarnated lovers. so there's
0: reincarnation time travel they also have the ability to live for a really long time and not age because they're like these moon people which somehow, even though they you were sure born to... sure this is to, not Asgard. <laughs> which, one of the plot holes <laughs> is even though they're born to human parents and are reincarnations, they somehow still maintain the ability to live really long. And they explain it because they get the power from the Millennium Crystal. It's, yeah. As I'm saying this, I'm realizing how different this story was compared to other things. Because I don't even think DBZ's story was this, uh everywhere
1: no you, you get time travel and that's it <laughs> you, don't, you don't get reincarnation you just get time travel. i just know
2: from doing the research for the show i was kind of fascinated i guess like the i know we didn't really i was hoping we touched on a little more but the musical like how popular the musical was and it ran for such a long time and then i think it was what 93 to 05 and then actually it was like
0: and like there's 20 of, cds
2: yeah and there's high demand for it came back so now it's actually every year they're since 2013 they're still doing it yeah every single year
0: I mean, and that I probably should have looked more into the musical. I was so uh, focused on, like, you know, Oh, Paradise yeah, no, stuff. that was fine. It's just, like, I just yeah. didn't
2: realize how big this... Because, you know, they have musicals for, like, everything. There's yeah. Spider-Man musicals and other type of comic. And I think even Avengers did one. But this one seems... It's, it's, it's
0: not a one-off. Like, it was an actual, like, yeah, thing. Yeah, this is
2: huge. It's been yeah. going on. Like I said, that's almost 30 years.
0: I mean, I do know, and this... Actually, I wonder if that's anything to do with it. But they're actually doing a lot more musicals. Um, Like there is a Naruto musical, I believe. Like they're doing this with a lot of anime, and they're starting to actually turn anime into movies now a lot more frequently. Like Full Metal Alchemist. Oh, Full Metal Alchemist. That lead character's blonde. (laughs) But they're (laughs) but they're also turning that into a movie. Like the the push to get to live action seems to be where everything's going. And we can only hope it's better than Dragon Ball Evolution. Please. <laughs> um, but to... Um, yeah, I mean, I don't know. I really don't know. I, I probably should have done more research on that.
1: No, I mean,
2: it's fine.
0: Does it's Dragon just... Ball Z have a musical? Because that one's also...
1: Not that I'm aware of. No? I kind of don't want one. <laughs> I don't I, I don't need Goku singing. I've seen Vegeta singing in, in the show. I don't, I don't need <laughs> it.
0: Uh, but yeah, I mean... Unless you guys have any more questions,
1: um, no, I, I'm just. I would just say that I, like I said, I have watched Sailor Moon when I was younger. So finally, loved Sailor Moon. I understand its cultural importance. What I really enjoyed was learning more about the history of it. Like I had no idea that the creator of the show was female. Like that's crazy to me, considering the climate and like the atmosphere that's going on. Like. Yeah. You know, Akira Toriyama for Dragon Ball Z is male. Like all Naruto is male. Like all of these big animes are male, and to have Sailor Moon as a uh, female creator, yeah. I think it really goes to show how deep those, but why those go, because it's a female creator. But I think if you had a male creator at that time in the late 80s, early 90s, I don't think you would have got the show. Nearly as impactful. No, I d- I don't uh, think you
0: would have. I don't think you would have had like the ability to navigate the characters the see, same way. I guess
2: that's why I was kind of when I asked earlier because I was like, because you said it's very rare, and she obviously probably had to work, you know, maybe twice as hard during that time frame since she was like the only one that she really only wanted this one, I guess, linear yeah. story that ended after like one, I guess, arc. Yeah. A surprise if you got to that pinnacle part that like I want to ride this out. Yeah.
0: Well, but at the same time, like I could see it as being. She wanted to do this for herself, and, like, if you want to do it for yourself, you want that to be – your story – you want your story to be done your way. So I can easily be and see, especially if she's being produced, because most of her producers and editors were men. we're pushing her to do different things and she was like but i want to end my story my way
2: yeah i can see that i guess i'm figuring if you're working i mean what it took what six years yeah and then she didn't i mean i mean that's just to get in hit and then it's not including like because she even had no background in this i figure you want to build a legacy off of this
0: yeah no that's true and i think she inadvertently did and like the very last but why though I know it sounds like we we're la- we we're wrapping up, but this is something that I know has been really important to a lot of um, my friends, um, and I wanted to kind of end on this for the book. But- Why it actually those... came up
2: in Instagram?
0: Yeah, this actually yeah. So this was this came up in our Instagram um, by uh, <laughs> Instagrammer, but I'm laughing because it's a funny name of the name Fidel Casserole. Um, <laughs> and uh she explained that one of the main reasons that sailor moon was so groundbreaking was not only because its creator went through a whole bunch of crap um but also because of how it had um, how it had same-sex relationships and LGBT plus LGBT+ representation in a time where that... And in, in a time now where it's still kind of rare to see it. Um, and so although DIC scrubbed out um, the gay and lesbian relationships in the American and Canadian versions, like I said earlier, everybody knew it was there. And in the American version, or I guess the North American versions, even though they were best friends... Um, Takeuchi, the creator, says that the only reason that you could have that deep a friendship was because you had to have that deep a love for each other. Um, and so this is really important because it's, it's a really positive relationship. And for a lot of young people watching this, and even people now, like getting to see yourself, and we've talked about this a lot on the podcast, whether it's um, being a woman in something or a person of color – and now like, seeing yourself in something is probably one of the most powerful things. And, specific, and specifically seeing yourself doing something that a lot of people tell you tells you that you can't is really powerful and really sits with stuff. And so um, Fidel.Casserole pointed out that this was one of the reasons that it, it has stuck for so long and why it matters. Because not only did it have um, a, a lesbian relationship between Uranus and Neptune... But it also had um, a relationship between a uh, and Kunzite And in the Japanese version, they're both male. But in the American version, zoisite ends up being like this masculinized woman versus a feminized man. Um, beyond that too, the starfighters uh, in the last season, they're all male and they end up transforming themselves into females. And one of the Starfighters, Seiya, actually has a really, really big unrequited love for Sailor Moon, no matter what gender he, he, she is. So, like, when he's in his male form, he loves Sailor Moon. But also, when she's in her female form as a, as a as a Starfighter, she still loves Sailor Moon. And you get this really broad spectrum of representation. That you don't see a lot and i honestly can't think of a lot of anime outside of like yaoi or yuri where like where same-sex relationships is like the main driver of the narrative um so i kind of wanted to end on that because that was um something we got from a from a listener um on our instagram page um and a final <laughs> fan but why though was kind of what we talked about the broad representation of women and all the types of characteristics we can have. Um, so yeah, I mean, I don't know if you all, I'm trying to, th- cause I know you, you've watched quite a bit of anime, Adrian. Um, it, it, can you think of, um, I guess any type of uh, like LGBT plus representation in some of the ones that you've watched?
1: Um, no, no, not really uh i mean there's i guess there's stuff like i like tinted at but as like blatant um and kind of like you know telling you this is what it is i i, I don't i really don't think so
0: because yeah, like i i when i was writing this i was kind of thinking about it myself and a lot of the times it's kind of like the like the butt of a joke when it's done in a lot of anime um and here it was like a really deep part of who these characters were yeah
1: especially in like this style because like you said like there are styles of anime like where that's kind of like a a you know, pertinent part of the storyline, but like for Shoujo and Shonens, like that's not something that happens very often.
0: Exactly. So so yeah, I wanted to end on a really strong but why though and I think that was a really strong one. <laughs>
1: yeah, that works for me.
0: Yeah. So um okay. Um as always you can find us at but why though PC on Instagram and Twitter. Um and you can find me personally at oh My Brandier on uh, Instagram and Twitter as well. Uh, Adrian?
1: Yeah, you can find me on Twitter at SuperReese93, 93, S-U-P-E-R-R-U-I-Z-93. 93.
0: And Matt?
2: You can find me also on Twitter at M 18 gattm 18
0: And as always, like, review, uh, like our Facebook page, follow us on Twitter, and rate, review, and subscribe to us on iTunes. And I think I'm going to take this moment to cue Asa to send us out to the death metal version of the Saiyan Adventure song. (laughs) Have a great day, guys.
2: Bye.